This is the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Your hosts, Sam Harris and Nicholas Farik, digest the most interesting, informative, and topical books, giving you their biggest insights. We expose different perspectives and tools to look at the world to make you wiser than yesterday. Hello there, and welcome to the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Nico. As usual, I'm happy to be joined by my good friend and co-host Sam. And in this episode, we are again discussing the body and more specifically the breath. Sam and I have just finished the book Breath, the New Science of a Lost Art, authored by James Nestor. And as we're talking about breath, I would like to ask you, dear listener, to try during this podcast, breathe through your nose the whole time. So you're not going to speak. So try and breathe through your nose. We'll get to why that is very important and helpful for you. So uh, as long as we talk, please do that and uh, you'll thank us by the end. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, the book discusses breathing. And so it actually makes a case that no matter what you eat, how much you exercise, how skinny or young or wise you are, none of it matters if you're not breathing properly. And so um, according to the author, the missing pillar in health is breath. It all starts there. And so the book describes James Nestor's journey uh, discovering everything breath-related, and he finds that the science of breathing is uh, really a lost art because he discovers more in ancient, ancient burial sites, secret Soviet facilities, and yoga literature than in modern science labs. And so, yeah, the book is full of anecdotes on why breathing is so important and why we should be conscious about our breathing because I think a lot of people have lived their whole lives without giving one second thought a thought to the way they breathe and it's yeah it's in this book it, it shows that it, it is quite important and can be very powerful so um sam how did you like the book i really like the book i found his writing was quite nice and just the stories of what he gets up to in sort of self-hacking and going into researching it was quite fun unlike the book last week about sleep this this book i felt like I had a lot more questions scientifically where I was like, mm. is this really true? And I kind of wanted to get like a lot more facts. So like a statement of the greatest indicator of lifespan wasn't genetics, diet or daily exercise, but lung capacity. I'm like, really? Mm. And <laughs> I kind of, I was always kind of thinking scientifically wise as in, is he just sort of causation and correlation, like mixing these things up and like, okay, if you are a healthy person and exercise more, you're just going to be breathing better anyway. And like, I just, I just wanted to see a lot more of the actual science every time I was like, hearing one of his different claims. But yeah, otherwise I really like the book and I did actually feel that <laughs> where he was pushing you to go with it did actually sort of make lots of sense and, and feel better for doing it. So, mm -hmm. so Yeah, I fully agree. I, am, I made the mistake of reading some reviews before this episode. They might have influenced my, my final rating, but there were, I saw a lot of comments on the fact that it's the book is mostly anecdotal and not very scientific. And a lot of people were saying, so yeah, I mean, if what you're saying is true, then please do some uh, controlled trials, studies and get published. So, I mean, doctors can start using these methods. And so I, I'd like to, to pick in on that a little bit because I, I found that, to give you an example, I, I find that nutrition science, <laughs> and I've had a lot of discussions with uh, my girlfriend about this because she's uh, she's a, she has a doctorate in, in development economics focused on nutrition and so i found that the science on nutrition doesn't really like it's not very clear on what is the right way to eat in general and i feel like there's studies showing that you know you should go vegan and there's other sh other sorry there's other studies that show that 
you should have a balanced diet with meat and vegetables, etc. And so I find it hard to make a decision on that. And so I found that this book might be similar in that the human body is so complex that it's pretty hard to um, to find conclusive evidence on some things. And in this case, it might be useful to look at the past and what ancient civilizations have found. And so what James Nestor finds is that there's quite a lot of different civilizations who have put a lot of emphasis on breath and have, well, yeah. And, and so they're all unrelated, but the fact that different civilizations that were not in contact all find similar things might mean that even though they can't be proven with current science, there might be something there. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And if you think about the human sort of pyramids of like essential physical needs, the first most important one that you literally have like three minutes before you die is breath. And then it's like mm. water, then shelter, then sleep, then food, then exercise kind of thing of like what's going to affect your lifespan. So it, it mm. is like the most important thing that you do the whole time. So it definitely mm. bears some reflection on and you're thinking about books there are on like diet and exercise the fact that there's hardly anything on breath doesn't seem quite right actually and that we mm. don't really pay attention to it so yeah i definitely yeah. feel he's on to something good yeah so let's let's start and, and i think the most important point that he makes in the book is the difference between mouth and nose breathing and so that's dear listener <laughs> is why i ask you to breathe through your uh breathe through your nose because he makes a case that we're, we developed to breathe through our nose. So the air that goes through our nose takes a completely different path than the one that goes through our mouths. And there's a reason why it has evolved that way. So it gets like filtered, it uh, gets humidified or dehumidified, it gets a correct temperature. And so it's, it's way better. And so the book actually, uh, for quite a big part of it, describes his experiment. So he and another scientist did an experiment on this, on themselves. And so in that experiment, they, in a first week, they plugged their noses, which meant that for a whole week, they could only breathe through, uh, breathe through their mouths. Um, and so during that week, they measured, uh, as good as everything. So they measured blood oxygen levels, stress levels. Uh, they did exercise, they measured their sleep, how they snored or if they snored, um, and if they had, uh, sleep apnea. apnea. Yeah. So they did that for a week, and then the week after, they focused on breathing through the nose only, and then they did the, the, whole, the whole shebang again, so they measured everything, and they found that is, there's a huge difference in everything, and it felt way better as well. Uh, they stopped snoring, they had almost no sleep apnea, etc., etc. Mm. Yeah, it sounded great for them, and kind of compelling. <laughs> um, yeah. I really wanted to try doing the experiment, it sounded like quite a lot of fun as well, and the antics they got up yeah, to. I guess. But I'm also a bit more intrigued around how they... How you manage to make yourself only breathe through your nose because of like plugging your nose mm. means you can only breathe through your mouth easy but when you're trying to only breathe through your nose you can't plug your mouth because you don't have to speak and eat in these things and mm -hmm. it's just a bit harder if you get a bit like snotty or any of that kind of stuff it's it's a harder passage to always keep open which i guess is part mm -hmm. of the um challenge and why we just default to mouth breathing mm-hmm yeah, he also makes a case because I agree with you. If you if your nose gets stuffed, it it feels like it's impossible to clear it, right? Um, but that being said, I've actually, without reading or hearing of the book, I've started. So I used to breathe through my mouth most of the time when I was younger, and in the past years, I've started breathing through my nose. And so I think in the past two years, I've only had a blocked nose like a handful of of, of times. And, and it's usually, it's most annoying when you're in bed, right? When you're trying to sleep 
and you get a really dry mouth because you're breathing through it the whole time. And that's, that hasn't even happened to me 10 times in the past five years. And so I think it's it's like a muscle. And the more you breathe through your nose, the easier it starts getting. And so I think there, that's a, that's a solution. And so what I, what I believe they did while sleeping, for example, they used tape to tape their mouths shut so they could, could only breathe through their, through their uh, noses. Oh, and wow. I think it was tough the first nights. So when you're used to breathing through your mouth, um, it feels like you don't get enough air in through your nose. But so the first night, they could only do it, like have the tape for one hour. Um, and next uh, night, three hours. And then after a few nights, they were able to do it the whole time. Yeah, I really want to try doing that. <laughs> Just for the fun you of should. it. Just... You should. Have, have you yeah. tried it? <laughs> well, I mean, I no, I actually, I believe, <laughs> because of the book, I believe that nose breathing is better. And I, I think I always, mm. like, I am a nose breather anyway. So I don't think it would change much. But I think my, my girlfriend, for example, I think when she sleeps, she breathes through, breathes through her mouth. So I think it might be useful to get some mouth tape and see if we can change that. <laughs> Guess we'll Weird see. images of you just like taping your girlfriend's mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But anyway, so um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So the ma main points of the book was uh, mouth versus nose breathing. Nose breathing is, is better. And so he makes a lot of anecdotes of people that got cured from their asthma and, and other illnesses just by changing the way they breathe. Not a lot of scientific studies, as we already discussed, but uh, the anecdotes, I think, indicate that it's probably better to breathe through your nose. Yeah, it's, it goes quite deep into even, like I said, around um, try doing it when you're running and things that actually, mm. I think one of the best ever marathon runners from like the early 1900s or something, like the 1940s, 50s, would train and run the entire thing, only breathing through his nose. And Hmm. just like completely outpaced the entire competition and then an entire olympic training squad like a few years later started doing all of their training only breathing through their nose and then they kind of were like the most successful oh no this is an olympic swimming squad did it not breathing through their nose but just prolonging their breath hmm. so part of the reason why he's saying it's through your nose is because it just slows down the rate of breathing and you breathe more deeply and so if you're swimming uh, normally people try and do like three strokes and then like breathe one side, three strokes, breathe the other side. And he's like, well, actually it's better to try and push that to sort of seven strokes or something and actually really breathe more deeply and hold that breath for a longer time because you're basically, recite you're using the oxygen more efficiently is what's kind of what he's saying is how you should do that. And you just have less short breathing, which is more stressful for your body and more deep breathing where you use the air in a better way and become a more efficient human at like dealing with carbon dioxide and i think it just changes your stress levels in general because as you have like slightly higher carbon dioxide you just it just makes you more stressed but if you um are able to like cope with that like the receptors don't get stressed out by that level of co2 you don't get so panicky and you're just a less stressed human which is part of the reasons why you then have a better life besides the mm -hmm. other thing, benefits of it like cleaning being cleaned as it goes through your nasal passages which yeah. was, was kind of cool. I, I kind of bought into that as a general philosophy. I did think that making having longer breaths does sort of calm you out down and chill you out. And actually, I was able to carry on doing my things once I got over the initial hurdle of feeling a bit like, oh, can't deal with that. Because I used to do a lot of, um, when I was lifeguarding, I used to try and push my breath, my, how long I could breathe for. And I found I did actually, I could really prolong it a lot more and did just feel really calm the entire process. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. I found that that for me, it's still really hard to um, breathe through my nose while exercising. So I, I do CrossFit and it gets quite intense with heart rates permanently above 180. 
and I found that at that point I cannot breathe through my nose. I've been trying to, but it, it's hard. And then in the book, he describes experiments on specifically crossfitters that breathing through the nose actually helps. So I think I need some practice there still. So what I'm going to do is in the future, I'm going to try and start just breathing through my nose. And once I can't, I, I'll, I'll switch to, to mouth breathing. Um, and hopefully at some point be able to do the whole thing while breathing through my nose. And it should help my performance. So I'll be able to uh, to update you on that. Yeah, I'm currently, well, the same, but for running, where mm-hmm. you don't, unless you're doing sprinting, you don't get quite to the same level of um, mm. heart rate unless you're like really, really pushing it, but it's kind of hard. But I've definitely found that I can kind of do it if I really concentrate, uh, but I, de- I get a bit of the issues with like the, the blocked nose thing because it's, mm. it's not too warm at the moment and you start getting a bit snuffy mm-hmm. instead of, it's like a kind of slight permanent thing going on and you're like, oh, for fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get a bit self-conscious. But I think the more I've been pushing through it, I've sort of been able to carry on. And so I do really want to see if I can keep this going because I'm, I've just signed up to do like a, an ultra marathon in May, which I'm quite excited for. And if I can get better at uh, using oxygen more efficiently and breathing less and having a more chilled out uh, sort of general system, because I can just take on more oxygen in a more efficient way, then it makes a lot of sense that I could be running better. So mm-hmm. I do want to do it. Absolutely. <laughs> but Absolutely. I guess that, that leads into what I feel is like the, the hardest thing about the book, because on the book last week about sleep, it really makes you so concerned about doing it that you just prioritize sleep massively. And mm. it's quite like an easy trigger. Like I know what my sleep is during the day and when I'm doing enough of it. Whereas breathing, I don't feel quite such the urgency to fix this, although I do want to do it. But I also, I don't feel like I've got so many of the tools to go and do it. Like I really need to like put a plan together myself and then mm. sort of hack myself for the next two weeks of just making me myself only do breath work but Mm -hmm. i haven't i haven't written that anywhere i'm not there's no one like checking me in so it's i'm not sure how i'm gonna keep that i feel like i'm probably gonna forget in a few weeks time and then we'll chat and i'm like oh yeah breath breathing through my nose and stuff so i'm not sure Mm -hmm. if it's gonna have the effect unless i think there's a lot more um it's just harder to to put into action without doing something kind of really weird, like taping your entire mouth up and stuff. True, true. Yeah, I what I've been doing in the in the past days is like I have moments in my day where I do something and I try to focus on my breathing during these times. So I try to stretch using an app every day. Uh, it takes about twenty minutes, and during stretching, I've actually found that breathing really slowly can like help help your stretching quite a lot and so what i've been doing now is breathe eight seconds in hold for eight seconds and then breathe out 16 seconds and so that way you breathe about two, twice a minute and I've, I've been doing that during stretching and it's been helping like i've been able to get so much deeper using that uh, way of breathing and so that that's been super useful and so that's 20 minutes where i'm consciously breathing slow um and then i also Straight after that, I meditate, and during meditation, I try to do the, you know, the healthy breathing. We can go uh, into that in a second, and that is uh, six seconds in, six seconds out through the nose, very calmly. Um, and so these are two minute, two moments in my day, which is half an hour, in which I'm consciously breathing slower, and I found it uh, quite nice. Also, like just during these times as well, to to just relax. Mm, yeah, that's pretty helps with like the practice of meditation in general when you are focusing on the breath and nothing else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. cool 
happy for so, you. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thanks, man. So let's talk about that a bit more. So um, he makes a case that if, if like the healthiest breath, and he found that um, by visiting different Indian tribes in the US, so the healthiest way of breathing he found was five and a half seconds in, five and a half seconds out. Because that results in five and a half uh, breaths per minute, something like that, and about five and a half liters of um, of air taken in. And so he found that that was the optimal breathing pattern for you know just th th throughout the day. And so if you know if ever like right now if you're listening to this, it'd be useful for you to to breathe like that. So five and a half seconds in, five and a half out. I found that if I'm doing something, I, I count faster in my head than in real life. So <laughs> I rounded it up to six. Um, so you might want to do that as well. Uh, but if you're ever in doubt about, okay, how fast should I breathe? Just go for that. So Sam, if you, maybe you should like find a way to connect this breathing pattern to certain actions you do every day. I don't know, maybe when you're like cooking or something, just try and think, okay, when I'm cooking, I'm going to breathe through my nose in this kind of pattern. Uh, when you're lying in your bed, trying to fall asleep or when you're, you know, watching TV, I don't know. Uh, when you're listening to a podcast or I got kicked out. Weird. How did you get kicked out? <laughs> Maybe too many suggestions and um, passive aggressive. Uh, my side, it was just like, you know what? <laughs> I want my freedom. Don't every single moment of my <laughs> life just to like trigger me to me think about to my breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I was still recording, right? Okay, cool. We'll cut that out. Yeah. I don't know. What was the last thing I said that you heard? You were talking about like when I do my cooking, when I... Yeah, just when in I'm general. Like doing a podcast, anything, basically. Exactly. <laughs> like, so you recounted my entire life, and like at any point in my life, <laughs> just uh, just breathe through my nose, which yeah, was good. I, yeah. I think for me, what I found is I, I we, we usually watch like a Netflix show in the evening, and during that, like I try to, when I'm lying down or, or, or sitting, um, I try to just breathe slowly. That's been nice. So, yeah. Trying to trigger myself more. Nice. Exactly. Maybe I'm just going to put it on the home screen of my um, phone or something, because it's like a... Every time you see it, it's sort of a second, a good reminder. Cause, yeah, it's um... a good idea. What I also found nice is that at the end of the book, there are some breathing exercises. Pretty cool. I found it very useful. It's just this, I think, Scandinavian dude who goes through a bunch of breathing exercises with you. Some of them, some of them are useful to relax. Some of them are useful to, you know, to just have all day. Some of them help you un unplug your nose, etc. And so, yeah, it was pretty, pretty nice to have that. It's something, it, it takes like half an hour to do all of them, but they're, they're speci specific ones and they have specific purposes. And I really liked to, I like that. Yeah, it's, it's fun to do as in, if you feel like you really wanted to do it already, you don't need to read the whole book at all. You could just read a blog post, listen to this and be like, oh, okay, this is what I need to do. And then just follow those exercises. But um, it does help having read the book to like motivate you a bit more. Mm-hmm. So some of the, one of the other things he speaks about is the whole area of like human evolution and chewing and like the way our brains have changed and how we've become so much worse at breathing because of this. And like I found that quite interesting, the way our mouths have changed and we've got sort of too many teeth for the size of our mouth and we just struggle to breathe as much. But then I wasn't sure why having a bigger mouth made it easier to breathe through your nose um, 100%. I don't know if I was just being stupid whilst I was reading it. And the other thing was that he spoke about a whole scientific study where like all of these different tribes and things that were eating much more real food 
were way healthier that they thought was originally down to like them getting all their vitamins but then they realized it was actually just they were chewing a lot more because it was like Mm. tougher food of different sorts and that they then developed these better mouths but then they never mentioned the fact that like okay could they just do a study on people that they just got to use chewing gum for like a year or something and i don't know why they didn't suggest that that was the solution if you could just chew a bit better Mm -hmm. or i wasn't too sure i was a bit confused yeah, so uh, the, the point he makes is that ancient humans, and I, I always, like, I've said this before, if you want to convince me of something, just relate it to revolution, um, you know, um, and in this case, he says that ancient humans used to be chewing on, on leaves and raw meat and stuff quite a long time during the day, like four hours or something. And so today, everything we cook, like, is very, very uh, soft, and so we barely have to chew anymore. And that resulted in underdeveloped jaws and cheeks. And so, uh, as far as I understood, our jaws are underdeveloped in, in width. And so, if you chew more, your uh, jaws become wider, which creates more space at the top of your mouth, because um, there's, there's not enough space at the top of our mouth, and if we chew more, it's gonna, it's, it becomes wider, and that creates more space above the roof of your mouth, so in your airways up there. And that's supposed, uh, I think that will, would help you breathe through your nose uh, more efficiently. And I find it quite interesting because this is, again, one of these things that people just assume, that, which is normal, which is like almost everyone I know has braces or has had braces. And also almost everyone I know has had to have their risen teeth removed. And both of these are signs from like, it, it does make a lot of sense that everyone's teeth are crooked and we we would have like issues if they're like with extra teeth growing um, later on in our lives. Doesn't make any sense at all. And so uh, I really believe that we chew, well, we don't chew enough. And he shows it by looking at ancient skulls. Found that, you know, if he looks at skulls from people living 3000 years ago, all of them had perfectly straight teeth and no issues. And then today we just... We just we're just softies, man. So we, we eat to we eat soft stuff, um, too highly uh, c- calorie dense, and um, this results in smaller mouths and all these issues. And so, one interesting point I also found is um, that so everyone of my generation has had braces, uh, but he says that it's way more useful to try um, if you're using you know mechanical devices to alter the mouth. It's way more useful to try and widen the mouth instead of just making the teeth straight and, and keeping the mouth as it is. Um, and so he says that in a few years, everyone's going to have, you know, wider mouths and, and, and these types of alterations instead of just making the teeth straight because having a wider mouth will make the teeth straight as a result and also improve breathing, etc. So yeah, I find it interesting. And actually for that reason, I've now started chewing <laughs> chewing gum. So I have uh, permanently, I have, I have uh, chewing gum on my desk. So I'm uh, after dinner I'm, uh, or after, uh, after every meal, I try to just pop one in and yeah. just chew. Yeah. And that's a good reminder because if it's something you kind of go back to, like, oh, I've got chewing gum and say, like, okay, I should be breathing through my nose and stuff. So I haven't done that, but that's a very good point. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, minty flavor should like trigger like, okay, let's breathe slowly through yeah. our nose. nose. That's a good point. Mm. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I agreed with everything you just said and wish that I did not have my wisdom teeth removed and that my braces were more around making my jaw bigger. Damn, mm-hmm. a bit late now. Yeah. Um, not too late, though. He, he describes that he yeah. had surgery, actually. So he had like a, de- well, not really surgery, but he had a device planted between like in, in the top of his mouth 
to widen it and he gained like what was it, something insane like uh, like a, mm. a lot of extra bone in his mouth uh, which also resulted in him breathing better um, just by having like having a device that widens the mouth you know a little bit every day something like that pretty crazy so it's it's still possible but it's it sucks as an adult <laughs> apparently yeah yeah i was quite interested in that part and also he talks about like um surgery for nose because i have one nostril is like really i i basically breathe entirely through my my left nostril mm -hmm. and my right one doesn't do that much and i wasn't sure if i can like fix that through more of the different nasal breathings or if i should actually really mm. spend more time going to the doctors and be like hey can i get this sort of fixed because he mm -hmm. sort of says like try to not do a surgery as much as possible but um it is like quite an important thing so if there is something you can do to get it fixed that, that would be good mm -hmm. so yeah i'm not sure i'm going to try things see what happens it's uh has always been a strange one and it's it is really kind of annoying when you're doing like the, the meditation and stuff and you're like oh, i'm not really like i get a bit lost on like what's going on with my different nostrils as opposed to thinking about breathing and such mm. mm -hmm. yeah weird especially when like the the good nostril gets blocked but like the other one isn't blocked which just doesn't work anyway and you're like oh mm. um, yeah i found anyway it's... my problems <laughs> <laughs> one of the uh things I'll, I'll also remember is the I, I didn't know that um so there's um, erectile tissue inside our noses yeah that was so interesting yeah so the same erectile tissue that's in our penises is actually also in our noses and that actually decides through which nose hole through which nostril you're breathing uh, i didn't know that I actually didn't even realize that you're at, at any point in time or almost any point in time, you're only breathing uh, mainly through one nostril and that switches throughout the day. And apparently the right nostril breathing is like more um, energizing and the left nostril breathing is more relaxing. Um, that's what I took away from the book. And then, and so I, I actually noticed usually when I wake up in the morning, I tested it. I just feel <laughs> through what no, nose uh, nostril I'm breathing and it's usually the left. And after sports, it's usually right. So uh, and it switches throughout the day. And it's it, when you're when you feel you're breathing through your right nostril, it's very hard to to only breathe through your no uh, to your left one. If you try to close it, it's very hard. <laughs> so I found that very interesting. And I think if you want to learn more, he didn't go into it that much in that book in this book. Uh, but I feel like you know people who can like switch from left to right, you know, in an instant. That might be useful for some cool life hacks. <laughs> Just don't know which ones. Yeah. And certainly doing any of that kind of stuff, I, I think it's quite calming and helps remove you from the moment when you're going down like the whole Buddhism side of like not reacting to your emotions and these mm -hmm. things. And uh, he also goes into like panic attacks and just general anxiety and stuff is quite related to uh, fear and which is actually related to like CO2 and stuff in your body. So they did studies on someone that had, like, had lost their ability to have fear normally, like through brain surgery, and she wasn't getting scared by stuff. But then they found that if they up their CO2 levels, suddenly they'd still suddenly start getting scared about stuff that they just weren't normally scared about. And then found that they could actually sort of help people not be scared by finding ways to stop their response to CO2 levels and things. And also, if you're about to have a panic attack, you, um, instead of just breathing more where you're just trying to fight for air but you're actually breathing really shallowly so you're never actually even getting air into your lungs because you're breathing so small and frequently that it's like nothing actually happens there's no cycle of air it is much better to do the complete opposite of what you're thinking of trying to struggle to breathe and actually just breathe in once and just stop breathing and just like hold your breath because like all of the 
there's a whole like lot of oxygen that go into your lung it just sits there and sort of will cycle and um if you can just breathe so instead of telling people to kind of like breathe into a bag or just try and breathe deeply you should just try and get them to breathe once and um that's actually like a way more effective way which is something that i've never been told before but i kind of now that i think about it i think it would be really useful because of one like oxygen and also just as of the stop and concentrate and the panicking side that you have um would be a really good way to like just ground you and sort of stop you from thinking about like the crazy other stuff that's going on and be like okay actually just this person here all you need to do is think about your breath and it's a nice way to relax yourself so a top tip for if you're about to have a panic attack or if you're with <laughs> someone that's sort of panicking a lot is just sort of get them to hold their breath and, and count to 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, um, he, he makes a case that CO2 is actually really important. And so CO2 is quite often seen as a waste product and something that you need to get out of your body quite fast. Um, but he found that a lot of very effective treatments and also a lot of very effective training is focused about maximizing CO2 and maximizing your ability to, you know, to have CO2 or to allow, allow CO2 in your blood. And so there's quite a lot of exercises that he proposes is that you try to breathe out as much as you can, as long as you can, which is going to feel horrible. I've, I've tried it. It's, it's, it's horrible. Um, but it's going to spike your CO2 levels. And in the long run, it's going to help you in, in physical performance. Uh, so I found that really interesting. What I also found super interesting was that if you're... So we actually lose weight through exhaled breath. So 85% of our weight loss comes to breathing out CO2. And I found that insane. So I always thought, like, if you lose weight, you basically you, you lose it by going to the toilet or sweating it out. But apparently most of it is just through the breath, man. Mm. Yeah. It's oh. crazy. It, it makes sense because you breathe in oxygen and you breathe out carbon and oxygen. And you're the thing that's made out of carbon. Holy and, shit. Um, have you studied biology? So it's, it's just chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I studied biology, but uh, that was more from like the, the basic chemistry stuff. When Fair enough. You yeah. Think about it. But yeah. Yeah. It is kind of cool. That, that's why, mm-hmm. well, yeah, as you just said, that's why you sort of lose weight over, over time. It's, you, yeah, you don't just lose weight from like liquids and things. They're kind of a normal balanced level of stuff. It's just the amount of like energy tissues in your body that you've turned into something else so if you think mm. of i know when you're burning anything as in like you burn energy in your body the same as like a fire like a log burns it's sort of a log disappears because of it gets combined with oxygen and, and the carbon from the log disappears so it's the same as your body you're literally burning your body when you do respiration it's cool mm-hmm. all right so yeah it, that's everything for me something else you'd like to add or uh, should we no that give it a we, rating we, we wrapped that up well we, we we tried to plan this episode a bit more rather than me just sort of coming out with random things like oh another tangent oh another little <laughs> so probably didn't notice trying to be a bit more <laughs> good yeah. go us learning yes all right uh, sam ratings i went with a six because uh like i said i think it's super important but i feel like i didn't get the crazy urgency and I didn't, I, I just, there's a lot more questions around the science and I'd, I'd have liked to have been a bit more factual and less anecdotal. And I'd have liked a better way of implementing the things perhaps. So I thought it's potentially really awesome, but could easily get forgotten. And yeah, 
So that, that that's my six. Okay, I'm gonna give it an eight because I I find it pretty interesting. I'm not opposed to anecdotal evidence compared to scientific evidence when it comes to things that science hasn't completely figured out yet. And I also feel, in comparison to the previous book that we read about sleep, is that this opens a door to like potential really cool and interesting stuff where if you read some of the things that some people that have mastered their breathing have done, uh, it's quite insane. You know, people that, you know, can make their like extremities, like one foot like boiling hot and the other one really cold um, or others that can just sit in the snow and just melt all the snow around them uh, just by, you know, increasing their temperature by breathing. If you look at Wim Hof, you know, the Dutch guy that has found like a, a breathing manner which allows him to, you know, swim under ice and all, all that crazy stuff. I feel like there's a lot of interesting stuff to find here. And when about the sleeping part, it's like, okay, we figured it out. We have to sleep more. That's pretty much it. And in this, I feel like there's like a whole adventure to go on to, to explore things to try out, which is uh, why I, I like the book um, as well. So um, yeah, that's explains my, uh, my eight. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. I guess I just don't, I feel like I, I want to just do the Wim Hof method, like go to like a, a day workshop and just force myself to do those things more than like reading the book or um, mm-hmm. also like you said, my mum learned Reiki, she's like a better course, but she, she can, her hands, she can channel to be like, literally it feels like you've got an oven touching you really? within like the space of like 10 seconds. It's so weird. It's like the craziest thing. Wow. Yeah. And I would love to kind of get better at that, like body mastery and stuff. Cause I get like cold hands and things. And if I could just sort of mm-hmm. focus a bit more and just channel like warmth into my I should like, teach that to my girlfriend. Cause uh, yeah. man, when it's cold and we're in bed in the, in at night, that's oof. yeah. Cold hands of death is a, is what I call it. That's, <laughs> that's really cool. Well, maybe. It is time to be uh, <laughs> taping up her mouth. Yeah, get exactly. Her back finally. <laughs> exactly. Okay, you've convinced me. Maybe it'll help it. warm my hands up. I don't think that's what it's for. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so as, as a quick summary of the core ideas, uh, the book tells you to breathe through your nose, to breathe slowly. Uh, the ideal, ideal breathing rate is five and a half breaths per minute. So five and a half in and five and a half out. Um, long exhalations are particularly beneficial um, and rapid breathing is generally harmful. So um, Although if you do this consciously, it could, could be beneficial as well. Um, as our next book, Sam and I will be reading the book Lifespan, Why We Age and Why We Don't Have To, written by Dr. David Sinclair. Yeah, maybe there we'll also, it'll also talk about a bit about breathing. I guess we'll see. So um, looking forward to that. Mm. See you next week. It'd Cheers. be pretty funny if you just read this book, <laughs> well, the sleep book and this book, and then like lifespan's like, oh, nothing to do with either of those yeah. things. <laughs> Yeah, but. indeed. Anyway, so yeah. Cool. cool. I guess I'll stop going on tangents and, and let us just finish the episode. That's... Looking forward to Lifespan. Yes. Join us next week. Cheers. Episode over. Boom. Hey there, Nico here, your second favorite host of the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Sam and I would like to get some feedback from you. So what we're going to do from now on is each episode, we're going to select one random comment from the past weeks and we will give them a free electronic version of the book that we've just read. So if you like what we are doing, or if you don't like what we're doing, or if you have a comment or a question, just reach out and we might be in touch. Cheers. Thank you for listening to our podcast. As you know, 
We are doing this to try and help you get smarter. Well, I have another project for podcast listeners just like you who want to be smart. Nico and I learned so much from reading the same things together and discussing them, and I wanted there to be a tool that made it easy for anyone to listen to the same podcasts and books together with their friends. So I'm building the app Syncify, which does just that. It connects you with your friends in the app, listen to the same things at the same time, or create shared playlists and work through them at your own pace. You can share comments and highlights of your favourite bits, and become smarter by seeing what your friends think around the same content that you enjoy. As a bonus, it also helps with your mental health and reduces isolation. Personally, I hate publishing my life on social media, which I find all rather antisocial, and I don't go out of my way to phone a friend for no reason other than the fact I feel lonely. But I do love doing things with other people, and having my friends listen to the same things is, is really awesome. I mean, I used to speak to Nico like once a year before we started this book club together, and now we talk all the time because we're just doing something together. So do yourself a favour and sign up for the Syncify app at syncifyapp.com, and I really hope it helps. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed the show or learned anything new, be sure to share it with your friends. And I just can't tell you how great it is if you were to happen to leave a review on iTunes. These really do help quite a lot. If you have any questions or books that you'd like us to read, feel free to reach out to us through the website wiserpod.com or reach out to us on LinkedIn. And just keep loving and keep learning and ideally keep listening. Big love from Sam and Nico and the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Thank you.